Welcome to the Kingdom Culture Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this spirit-filled message that it blesses your week and brings you joy and perspective. To connect with us, hop on social media and for more information, head to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. Praise God. You can be seated in the house this morning. Thank you so much, band. You're incredible. Come on. Well, it's good to see you in the house this morning. We've got some of the family away on Easter holidays and, and things like that, but that's all right. We're here. We're in the house. We love the Lord, so that's good. <laughs> that's good. If we could put a timer up, Nathan, that'd be amazing because I'm sure everyone has Easter lunches and things to get to. Are you well this morning? Yeah. You are well. That's good to hear. I'm excited to preach this morning. I, I was um, uh, such an honor that Pastor Robert let me preach the Easter you know, Resurrection Sunday message, man, what, a, what an honor. And I want to start by reading to you a scripture from Mark 16, uh, verse 1 in the English Standard Version. It's going to be up on the screen, uh, and then I'll um, tell you what my message title is, but I want to read this to you. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salon brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Finish verse. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Thank you, Lord, that this morning there is so much cause for celebration. There's so much cause for joy. Uh, there's so much cause to reflect on the greatest moment in history. There's so much cause to live in freedom this morning. Help us to uh, focus in on that truth this morning of what you did. Let it never become familiar. Let it never become old news. Let the gospel always floor us, always awe us, always uh, catch us up in wonder when we think about what you decided to do for your people here on earth. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Man, I'm pumped. I want to preach to you this morning a message called, we'll pop it up on the screen um, in three, two, one. Gold at Golgotha. Yes, I've got a skull uh, in a slide at church and you're going to be okay. It doesn't mean anything. It's just what happens to a decomposed body uh, afterwards. So you're fine. Um, please don't talk to me afterwards about how it made you feel uncomfortable because the cross is a little bit uncomfortable. Um, Golgotha, uh, if we can put up the definition, I just want to touch on that. Golgotha means the place of, uh, this is going to revolutionize your world, uh, it means the place of the skull, the place of the skull. You see, what's cool about Mark 16.1 is that Mary and the gang, Mary and the girl, Josh touched on it in his MC slot, but he went from uh, the Gospel of Luke, Dr. Luke. Uh, the cool part about this is they are doing something they, that they believe is reverent, but they've made a mistake. So they're going to anoint the body of Jesus. It's good. And by the way, when they say spices, they're not like they didn't go and take some salt and pepper. This stuff was expensive. In our, if we translated it, thousands of dollars. They're going to go honor Jesus. But what's the issue with that? Jesus told them that he was going to rise. So actually... Sometimes an act that looks honoring and, 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 and maybe religious and maybe Christian maybe isn't right if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Going to anoint a body that's been promised to rise is actually an act of resignation to the death. Now, I'm going somewhere with this this morning. Um, uh, follow with me. This is a beautiful thing Mary and the guys, gang of girls, are doing. It's beautiful. They're like, we're going to the tomb. We're going to honor his body. And can I tell you, we do that. And on Easter, it's a good thing to look at that. We go and do things that are a resignation to the fact that something has died, but actually he promised us resurrection life. 
and, and we go and, you know, I can just imagine, the, the, you know, they're crying and they've got their stuff. They've probably spent months of wages. And we're going to go honor his memory and his body, but he wasn't there and he told them he wouldn't be there. And so a beautiful act actually was an act which lacked faith. You know, sometimes we can do things that are a beautiful act, but they lack faith. Sometimes we come to church, but we lack faith. Can I tell you, he promised you resurrection life. He promised you resurrection life. And I don't know, maybe this title would be more appropriate for Easter Friday, but we didn't have Good Friday, but we didn't have a service. So I'm trying to roll uh, you know, Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday into one. And I want to talk to you for the next 15 minutes and 59 seconds about why gold, why value, why weight was poured out at Golgotha. If I can do that with you this morning. If we could put up the quote by Josephus. Josephus is a secular, so he does, he does not a professing Christian, a secular historian, and he said this about Golgotha. Golgotha is also translated Calvary. It's a place where Jesus died. And Josephus said this, Golgotha is the hillock above Jeremiah's grotto. To the north of the city is in all probability the true site of Calvary. This is a non-Christian. The skull-like appearance of the rock in the southern precipice of the hillock is nothing short of remarkable. Secular historian. You see, I want to touch on this this morning because what better day to touch on it? There is no philosophical or historical argument of if Jesus exists. He's, he's as real as Alexander the Great. The conjecture is in who do you say he is? Is he just a dude? Is he, some people, I don't believe in Jesus. What does that mean? I don't believe in that chair. It's still there. Like, it's, stop being silly. Like, Jesus existed. There was a person, any, any historian, any historian would say that there was a person called Jesus Christ he was around at a certain time period in the Roman, and he caused a lot of political unrest. That's what they would say. So there's no conjecture of whether Jesus Christ is real. This morning, the conjecture could be in your spirit, who do you say he is? And I say he's the risen Christ. I say that he's not in the tomb anymore. I say that he did something that forever revealed to humanity, revealed to us what you're worth. And that's an exciting thought. This morning we give thanks because he is risen. This morning we give thanks because the stone is rolled away. This morning we give thanks because things that were dead have come to life. I feel the Holy Spirit impressing on my spirit this morning. What have you let die in your life? What have you let die? What have you resigned yourself to and you've covered it with Christianese? Covered it. Oh, that prophecy I got when I was young about the nations, that was before I had a child. That was before... I failed school. That was before. There wasn't terms and conditions on Resurrection Sunday. He paid for it in full. There's not terms and conditions on your freedom. There's one. Whoever confesses with his mouth and believes in his heart that Jesus Christ is Lord shall be saved. See, Caleb touched on this the other day. Jesus isn't a way, he's the way. And there's power in the singular truth that all roads do not lead to heaven. Jesus and the blood of the cross leads to heaven. And somehow we've stepped back from this and we've gone, oh, that's, that's a bit uncomfortable to teach and preach. Nah, man. That's like someone in chains and me being like, I'm not going to unlock it with the key because I want to tell everyone that there's lots of keys. There's not, there's one key. There's no one getting mad. None of you are mad that your front door opens with one key. Why? Because the key was made for that purpose. Jesus was made for the purpose of your freedom, your salvation, your resurrection, your life. And he is the way, the truth, and life. 
Amen. <laughs> He's the way, the truth, and the life. Why is the cross so valuable? Why is Golgotha brimming with gold? Why does Easter elicit such emotive responses from Christians? I love looking at social media at Easter. I love it. I love it so much. It's like, it's been a bit tarnished by um, Steve Smith and David Warner, but mostly, um, sport joke, <laughs> like half the room's like, what? Who's a Smith? What's a Steve? I don't understand. <laughs> Sandgate, hashtag. Um, but what is amazing is, is at, at Christmas time, it's like every Christian is like, I'm a Christian. Jesus died and rose again. It's free. If you look at my social media, it's just like that all year. It's not because I'm holy. It's because I've got ADD. Um, but, but, but you look at it, and it's like every church is preaching the cross. And for, you know, even, even places maybe that are a bit um and ah, uh, it's like on this one weekend, all Christians, all Christians around the world stop and point at Jesus. It's, it's so good. It's so good, man. You know, you know, like everyone just is like, hey, world, look. Hey, world, look, the stone is rolled away. Hey, look at what he's done in my life. I saw some testimonies from people. I'm not even sure if they're saved on my Facebook. They're like, Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. I'm like, homie, you need to apply that. Like, you're a mess. Like, you're, like what's it? it needs to be truth to you before it's truth to anyone else. If you don't lose anything from your old life, you haven't gained anything in Christ. Another message, another time. But man, the cross, man, Easter, risen Sunday. As we were singing those songs, man, I was just like, I hope we never get familiar I hope we never get like used to it. I hope that I just, when I'm 50 years old, 60 years old, 80 years old, 90 years old, I hope I'm undone by the thing that Jesus did for me. I hope that I'm so focused on it. I hope that when I'm reading bedtime stories to my kids, I'm so ready. I've got, we've got cassettes. I'm going to go raid mum's house and she's got like the Old Testament on tape. Oh, my kids aren't just going to know about like Paul on his donkey. He wasn't a donkey, but anyway, Paul going to Damascus. My kids are going to know about Naboth's vineyard, man. My kids are going to know about Melchizedek. My kids are going to know the major and minor prophets. Like it's nothing to do with anything. But I'm telling you, I hope when I'm reading the story to my kids about the cross, I hope I cry in front of my little boys and little girls. I hope that it, the power of God comes and hits me in that room because I don't want to get familiar with it. And when we come to church and we listen to songs and we can get so familiar, we can get so familiar. It's too hot. We can get so familiar with that rugged cross and, and, and we listen to the songs. I want to be floored every week. I want, to be, I want to be so wrapped up in, I need to be careful. We're running out of time. I'm getting excited. Well, I, Man, I want to get so wrapped up in that rugged cross that it changes my character. I love what Jacob said. I don't just want to have an one experience. And like Pastor Jessie said a couple of months ago when she was speaking about worship, I want to chase that feeling. Feelings aren't bad. I want to chase that feeling of his presence. But I want it to change me. It's like Jensen Franklin says, come on, when you come to Jesus, if you don't lose anything, you're not saved. Oh, Pastor Jensen, <laughs> I didn't say it. Get mad at him. Freechapelchurch.com. Man, I'm telling you, like, there's just something about Easter where we start to focus. I don't know what this is. We start to focus on Jesus, and we start to focus on the cross, and it brings liberation, it brings life. And I'm telling you, the world's watching. I want to give you three reasons why Golgotha is more weighty than gold. Why what was poured out at the place of the skull, what was poured out on that seven-mile walk as he carried a cross with his flesh rent for you and for me, why it's so special. I want to tell you why, and I want to... I want to refresh us, man. I want to tell you. The first one is because it gave you the option for forgiveness and freedom from sin. You know, oh, yeah, I know that. No, we, we, need, we need to go back. We need to rehearse and recall this every day. 
Oh my goodness, Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. For the wages, the payment, the due diligence, what we deserved, not just what we deserved, what we worked for and earned was death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I tell you something this morning that actually isn't scary or horrible? Or There is an eternity after we die. There is an eternity. And we will either spend it with God or without Him in a place called hell. But there's a place called heaven and it spurs us on. Jesus had an urgency in His ministry. And that was a while ago. Jesus had an urgency because he, His desire is that none would perish but all would have everlasting life. The cross was him saying, I will bankrupt myself in light of the fact that as many of my children would come into my presence as possible. It says his will is that none would perish. But we know people do perish and go to hell. Why? Well, I believe it's because the people that he gave responsibility and stewardship to have let themselves become lethargic and sat back instead of going out and doing the Great Commission. It's the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. The cross gave us freedom that we would go and bring freedom. I don't know about you, but I don't want anyone, 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 my worst enemy, I don't want anyone away from God for an eternity. It uses words like torment. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it uses words like eternal separation. It uses words like fire. I don't know if that's metaphorical, but it's full on. But it's not something we need to be scared of because he's defeated death, hell, and the grave. Amen. And he's opened his arms. Papa's opened his arms and said, there's the doorway. His name's Jesus Christ. So we need to be bold in our faith and say, yeah, he's the way. Nope, 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 nope. He's the way. The truth and life. No one comes to the Father but through him. Come on, don't be scared of waving around the one key. Can you imagine if like, I invited a bunch of people over and I was like, Brad, here's 15 keys. All of them opened my house. And he got there and he's like, Fred, none of these opened the door to your house. He'd be very mad. <laughs> Why would I be so idiotic as to not just tell him that there's one key? But what if he gets offended? Well, be more offended if he doesn't get into my house, won't he? <laughs> he wants to come into my house. I need to give him the right key. Give people around you the right key. Don't try and play to universalism and play to all the different things. Be nice, be humble, be loving. Don't be like, it's Jesus, shut up. Like, be lovely. But one day, they will really hope you gave them the right key. All right. Okay. Is that all right, Jesse? Was that, is that? We're talking a lot about that. He purchased you freedom. This is awesome. This is exciting. Nathan, give me three more minutes, please, on that timer. I, I've just got some good stuff and I want to get through. Is that all right? Can I buy three minutes off your church? Thank you so much. He purchased you freedom, not so you could do what you want, but so you'd have the grace to do what is right. See, we're like, I'm freedom. I do whatever I want. That's all we do sometimes. I'm not doing that, Pastor Rob. I'm free. I'm free to actually be honored and submitted and do the right thing. I'm free to live by the precepts of the Bible. I'm free to live and have the fruits of the Spirit in my life. And he gives me the graces and the license to sin. It's God's enabling presence that helps us not to. See, the cross set us free. The cross brought us freedom. The cross yelled out through eternity. It's exciting, eh? The cross yelled out through eternity, not you are free, but you can be. 
Because there is still a responsibility on us and on people to say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. Easter, pointing to the cross. Easter, pointing to freedom. I don't know about you, but I want to give people the keys to life. Not the keys to comfortability. Not the keys to hopefully placate where they're at in their journey. I want to give them the keys to life. I never want to be abrasive. I never want to be rude. I never want to be like, there's a hell, repent. Unless he tells me to, and I don't think he will. And if he does, I don't want to do it. Um, But... But what I do want to do is I want to present the gospel holistically. Easter is special because the stakes are high. Easter isn't special just because of a thing and great songs and, you know, every like big band, seems like Christian band, releases bangers at Easter. And that's dope. But it's it's special. The cross is special because the stakes were so high and are so high in our soul and in the souls of people around us. The stakes were so high. The cross brought us freedom And that is a good thing. When it says Jesus Christ is Lord, I don't think it's a metaphor. When it says no one comes to the Father but through me, I don't think he was being hyperbole. I think he meant I am the way, the truth, and the life. And as you let that percolate in your spirit, it brings freedom. We want options. The West always wants options. Oh, a bit of this, a bit of that. Nope. Little bit of New Age, little bit of Buddha, little bit of... I want my sexuality to be what I want. Nope. This is a full-on Easter message. The cross is pretty hectic. But what it did was pretty hectic. It set us free. It set me free. It set you free. Amen? That's why this is a weighty topic, man. It's weighty. Number two, if a keyboardist could come and join me, that would be fantastic. Number two, the cross forever revealed your worth. Forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Despite situation, circumstance, family dynamics, your work, your boss, your money, what's going on in your life, your car, your socioeconomic location, whatever is going on in your life, your worth, your, your buoyancy and your feelings might get affected, but your worth has been stamped in the annals of heaven as worthy. As worthy. What is this? Yeah, you can clap. That's awesome. God's good. What is this Bible worth? 50 bucks might be. It's not. It's quite an expensive one. Um, but you, you might throw, throw, um, throw prices at me. But what is it worth? It's good. That's not where I'm going, though, but very true. But what is this, this book? What is it worth? It's worth what someone is willing to pay for it. What is your house worth? You might say $340,000. Nope. Might be valued at that. But what is it worth? The highest bid. What's your car worth? $305,000. Might be valued at that. But it's worth what someone will pay for it. Jesus paid it all for you. So I don't, I do care, but I don't care about all the other stuff in your life that has tried to scream identity at you. The cross screams identity at you. I think of Jesus, man. I think of him walking after his flesh had been ripped off. It says in Isaiah that he was not recognizable as a human. And he carried a tree and he was spat on. There would have been dust in his cuts. I'm not trying to guilt you. I'm not trying to be, this is, this is the gospel. I don't know about you. Maybe I could have taken the beating. Maybe I could have, because of shock and adrenaline, survived the the lashing. 
And, and Roman lashings were more than just lashings. They were skinnings. Maybe somehow my, the shock on my body, I, don't, I, couldn't, I couldn't carry that tree, man, seven miles to a place called the skull. Hey, we're going to torture you and then we want you to carry your grave to the place of your death. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Man, I pray it's never familiar. I wish I was there. I wish I saw it. Because I would never, I reckon if I saw it, I would never have a lethargic, apathetic day ever again. I wish I could have been Mary or John or looked through their eyes, or Simon of Cyrene or the Roman centurion. I wonder if the people with the whips realized that they'd been part of history. I wonder if Barabbas, Barabbas, I wonder if he realized that his exchange didn't just free him, it would free the entire earth. Man, it revealed your worth. In Luke twenty two forty two, Dad touched on this before. Jesus says this, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Translation, Father, I know this is going to hurt. I know this is going to be uncomfortable. I know that you're going to remove your presence from me. I know that I'm going to die, but they're worth it, and I'm willing. Next time you feel anxiety, next time you feel depression, next time you feel like you're not worth anything, think about that rugged cross, man. Think about the stress and the duress Jesus was under, and the thing that got him through it was you. The thing that got it through it was me. Man, the cross has revealed his word. Last point is that resurrection was a promise to you. The resurrection was a promise to you. In Revelation 21, it says, Behold, I make all things new. See, when Jesus came back to life, why don't we stand, church? When Jesus came back to life, it was awesome, and there was many deep theological ramifications. There was also some practical ramifications. But what he was saying was, I will bring you back to life. You see, when he rolled that stone away by the power of the Holy Spirit, Yes, it was so Jesus could walk out. But he was prophetically saying, I'm rolling the stone away that you would walk out. Resurrection was a promise for you. It was a promise for your marriage. It was a promise for your children. It was a promise for this region. It was a promise for our church. Have you ever felt entrapped? I know I have. Entrapped in sin. Entrapped in a situation. Entrapped in things that have gone wrong. But I look back at this story throughout the Synoptic Gospels and I realize that Jesus prophetically was rolling the stone away. And can I tell you, when Jesus sets you free from a tomb you're supposed to be in, run. Run. One of the hardest parts of youth ministry 
is that youth are very susceptible to the touch and the power of God, and it's amazing, and they don't have paradigms for what they do and don't like yet. But what's hard with young people is they can be a little bit like goldfish and they sort of forget things quite quickly. And I see them run out of their tomb and then the next week they like walk back in and close the stone and then they come back on Friday. And, but if we're honest, that's not just youth, that's us sometimes. Because we get set free from our tomb and like, thank you God that you've set me free and you've purchased me and you love me. And then next Monday we're back in there again. Come on, we got to realize that the stone has been perpetually rolled away and no one can put you back in that thing unless it's you I'm not trying to be abrasive I'm not trying to make you feel weird I know that situations happen life happens but when stuff goes wrong in your life don't run away from the cross don't run back into the tomb he died that you would have life and that that life would be into the full so I'd love us to do something this morning I'm I'm not going to pray for you this morning we might do that tonight but I'd love us to sing one of those songs again. And I'd just ask, you know, it's 11.28, for four more minutes before we go. I'd just love to ask if you just take a step forward out of your seats. We're just going to worship together. Uh, we're going to think about that rugged cross. We're going to dwell on that. We're going to dwell on the freedom we have. We're going to dwell on the fact that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm really just, let's just take a moment. I just feel reverence in the house. And you don't have to, but I'd just love it if you'd come out the front and there's just something about that altar. There's something about getting out of your seat. There's something about, you know, walking a little bit, moving a little bit, just making your spirit line up with what you know is true. And we're going to sing this song. We're just, just four minutes, that so we'll close the service. And let's just give him reverence and let's remind our soul, remind our spirit that the place of the skull, even though it, it, it encapsulated hurt and pain, it led to freedom. So come on.